This is the Rod Langway Fan Club. Welcome, everybody, to the Rod Langway Fan Club podcast. I am your host, Jeff Roman. This is our first quarter review. I'm joined by a couple of co-hosts who are in fine early season form, Mr. Mark Chechnita. Yeah, I am nursing a few bumps and bruises, but nothing that's going to keep me out of the lineup, guys. And John Snowden. Well, I'd say I'm in great form. Great form. I've lost a little weight. Feeling great. Trim and slim. Yeah, exactly. You are indeed. We have an exciting show planned for you guys. You know, guys, life is always full of surprises. Some of them good, some of them bad. We're going to look at both. It's also full of special moments. So we're going to have a look at the special teams around the league, the power play, the penalty kill, and we're also going to look historically back at some of the best of those two. And we shall finish with the Ask the Commish, my favorite segment. Everybody's favorite segment. So where do you guys want to begin then? Well, you know, if I have a choice between good and bad, I'd always rather start with the bad and then, you know, cleanse my palate with something good afterwards. So what do you guys figure? Maybe start with some of the bad surprises? Well, if we're talking bad, man, Anaheim. Now, we knew this team wasn't going to be good, but one regulation win in 20, ouch. Ouch is right. I mean, they picked up John Klingberg in the offseason. They were really hoping for him to quarterback the power play. He's been pretty abysmal. Bad plus minus, not doing much on the power play. Minus 12 and 20. Yeah, not good enough. And the, in net, Mark? Well, John Gibson, if you look at these statistics, you'd think he's playing in 1986. He's got a GAA of four and a save percentage of 895. So I know there's he's not getting a lot of help, but I remember a few years back when he was considered one of the top young goaltenders in the league, and now just keeps slipping down that list. Yeah, I wonder how long he'll last. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Zegers and Troy Terry have been pretty good, but Mason McTavish and Ryan Strom, not quite good enough. I think they need more from those guys as well. Yeah, if you're going to be giving up that many goals, you got to get some more offensive production to kind of balance that out. Well, one team that's below expectations has to be the Edmonton Oilers. This is a team that some people talked about going on a cup run. The first quarter has not looked great. Yeah, I'm right over here. I picked them to win the cup on the last show, Jeff. Uh, my face is a little red, but uh, hey, what are you going to do? Uh, lots of problems in Edmonton, though. What do you think the biggest problem is? Well, Jeff? I mean, they go out and they spend a lot of money getting Jack Campbell, right? And Campbell has not looked good the first quarter. In fact, he's basically lost his job to Stuart Skinner. Yeah, lost his job to a rookie. No one saw that coming. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's kind of been a bit of a tale of two first quarters, if you will, for the Edmonton Oilers. They got off to a pretty good start. Um, But then Evander Kane got hurt, and he is one of their most important offensive pieces. Yes, that was a scary injury. And it was a scary injury. Unfortunately, he's going to be out for a little while. And since then, they have really not looked like themselves and have been on a bit of a losing skid. Well, yeah, and I I think that exposes another weakness in the roster. You lose him, and you need other guys to step up. And, you know, guys like um, Yamamoto and Holloway, who had great preseasons, have done almost nothing. And you're going to have to get some more chlorine in that locker room because the pool party stinks. (laughs) Pooley RV, four points, minus 10. I just don't think it's going to work out in Edmonton for this guy. I just think he needs a change of scenery. And how about the decor, John? I mean, the decor has been okay. Um, Tyson Berry's been all right on the power play there. Nurse is being Nurse. You know, he's a decent two-way defenseman. They definitely want more from Evan Bouchard. Yes. I mean, this is a young guy. Minus 10. Yeah, they really wanted him to sort of step into a bigger role. And so far, he hasn't proven that he can do that. Yeah, he showed a lot of promise at the end of last season. But, uh, I mean, he could be a healthy scratch if he keeps this up. It's been bad. Bad in Edmonton. Uh, So hopefully brighter days ahead for them. Next, staying in Canada, we have to talk about the Ottawa Senators. Now, they were the darlings of the offseason. They made several big moves. Wow, is this team struggling. 
Yeah, it was tough, though. Right off the bat, they get their number one centerman, Josh Norris, goes down out for the year. That's a huge blow to any team. Yeah, and they also went out and got Cam Talbot, a decent goaltender from Minnesota last year. And, um, you know, he got hurt to start the season. Then he comes back, and, you know, since he's been back, he has not been very good. And then they lose Thomas Shabbat to well, injury as well. Yeah, it's a concussion. He should be back pretty soon. But even before the concussion, he wasn't playing that well. And it's a lot of pressure for him. It's a pretty young decor, not very deep. And they need Shabbat to be a clear-cut number one. And he just doesn't look like he is right now. Now, Claude Giroux has been pretty good. Um, Brady Chichuk is a stud. Tim Stutzel has been playing well. But other than that, they don't have a lot of depth. No, I, I mean... Like- more than five goals from Debrinket. Exactly, yeah. Alex Debrinket, he's on pace for 20 goals. That's not going to cut it from a 40-goal guy. As far as like bad surprises, would you guys include, the say, the New York Rangers and the Pittsburgh Penguins in this group? I mean, you could argue that they've been slightly underwhelming, maybe a few points fewer than you'd expect, but I don't think it's a big deal right now. They're probably going to revert to their form that was expected. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, Pittsburgh was looking pretty pretty poor there, but they've been on a bit of a streak recently, so I think they've kind of turned it around. Should we add the Washington Capitals? I mean, man, they are outside of the playoffs right now. Yeah, here's a team that you kind of always have penciled in for a playoff spot. we got to remember that they started the year without two really important players, Nick Backstrom and Tom Wilson. They're both skating again, but it doesn't look like they're anywhere near to returning, so those are huge losses. Yeah, I mean, they also lost Connor Brown, who was looking like he was going to be a good piece for the team. And TJ Oshie, I mean, he's he's a bit of a stalwart member of, of their core, also missed a bunch of time. So yeah, they're hurting all around. And even John Carlson has missed a little bit of time. Now, Darcy Camper was their big free agent signing in the offseason. Now, he's been okay, but not great. And yeah, not stealing games for them like they kind of need right now. All right, let's wrap it up with the bad teams here. Let's come back with something a little more positive. Yeah, let's get the good vibes flowing again. How about with a tune? Yeah. was in excess devil inside from the 1987 album guys the new jersey devils wow what a start to the season yeah you know i was i was higher on them than most but they've completely blown my expectations out of the water what a 13 game winning streak i mean it was ended by the leafs but wow Wow. yeah three goals disallowed you guys got lucky in that game jeff but anyway i think the biggest factor has to be finally Their two number one overall centermen are healthy, and they're both producing at over a point per game. So last year, these two guys, Heischer and Hughes, were only in the lineup together 11 games. This year, they've both played the entire season so far, so that's massive for the Devils. And let's not forget about Jesper Bratt. Fantastic start to the season. Yeah, he's been been amazing. Um, Just the forwards in general have been great, but I also love the defensemen. I mean, they've been amazing, led by Dougie Hamilton, of course. Yeah, that was a big question mark going into the season. Yeah, he is back to his old self. Uh, John Marino, great trade for them. He has really come into his own here. Um, Ryan Graves has also been excellent. Um, All these guys are just killing it on the plus minus. And hey, they might have a future Rod Langway Defensive Defenseman of the Year award winner. Yeah, Jonas Siegenthaler, who's been 
Excellent. A nice solidifying force back there on a team that has plenty of offense. You got to be able to keep pucks out of your own net. And he's been a big part of that. How about in net Vanacek? Guys, Washington got rid of this guy and he's nine and two. GAA 2.14. Save percentage 917. He's been excellent. Well, excellent. yeah, the Devils have had horrible goaltending the last few seasons. Now they finally got, you know, above league average goaltending and that's making a big difference as well. Next, we have to talk about the Boston Bruins. Yeah, and you know, the story for them was, would they be able to survive the first quarter of the season without McAvoy and Marchand? And well, guess what? They are the best team in the league. 17-3, and 11-0 at home. This is unbelievable. And now both of those guys are back from injury and they're just rolling. Yeah, I mean, they are kicking it. And while they were out, I mean, we learned that David Krejci, he's back. Yeah, he's still got game. He's got game. He's almost a point per game. What what a performer he is. And we learned that Hampus Lindholm, he's a pretty good defenseman. I mean, he is now up to 18 points in 20 games. I mean, who thought that he had that in him? I mean, this is a scary team. Yeah, when they made that trade and signed him to a long-term deal, I wasn't 100% sure. I knew he was good, but he's been excellent. I always loved him in Anaheim. I think the big thing for him was staying healthy. And so far, knock on wood, he's been healthy and uh, a stalwart on that decor. The other big thing about this team is in net, right? Jeremy Swayman was pretty good, but all mark this season has been all, all mark. Yeah. He has not missed the mark. 13 and 1, 1. 1.96 GAA, 9.35 save percentage. Wow. He's in I the mean, Vesna conversation. Yeah, those numbers are amazing. Wow. I mean, they just have everything going for them right now. They're looking unstoppable. So they might have another cup run in them, those old boys, and some of the young guys too. So a good mix yeah. of players. Yeah, we shall see. Well, next up, as we do every year, I think we have to talk about the New York Islanders. I mean, this team always comes up at the first quarter mark as a surprise team for good or bad. Yeah, weren't they were your uh, cup pick last year, <laughs> They John? sure were, yeah. And we talked about how they had an atrocious start. Well, here they are off to a great start this year. And as we often have to do, we have to talk about, is this sustainable? Are they actually going to maintain this? I wonder. Uh, I think as long as they're getting goaltending, though, like Ilya Sorokin's giving them with a 943 save percentage. Whoa. This is out of this world. Yeah. What a if he's rock. playing like that, you know, the other night, 49 saves against the Oilers, shutting them down. That That's that's pretty special stuff. And I do like their defense, man. They've got the law firm Pelik and Pollock back there. <laughs> and Noah Dobson, a great young defenseman who's really coming to his own. Yeah, he's turning into a true number one. And, uh, you know, what? what is next most important? I would say having great centermen, and I think they have that. Uh, Matthew Barcel, offensively amazing. Took him a while to get his first goal. He only got two. He's only got two, but he's got a pile of assists. Uh, Brock Nelson right behind him, and Jean-Gabriel Pajot is a nice number three centerman. So I really like this team up the middle as well. Heck, they've even got Casey Zizekas as a fourth-line center. Zizekas sauce, yeah, yeah. And with the coaching change in the offseason, I was really curious to see how this team would perform, and they've done well. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like I do this every time they get off to a good start. I'm going to tell you that I don't think it's going to last. I just don't believe in this team. Well, every time you don't believe in this team, they seem to do amazingly. So I think they're going to be okay. Riddle me this, gentlemen. Who is the third place team in the Atlantic Division right now? I'm going to say Tampa Bay. I was going to say Tampa Bay. Uh, well, they have a connection to Tampa Bay because their current GM was once the general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Stevie Y. Yeah, the Red Wings, believe it or not, they are off to a hot start. And well, I think there are a few reasons. I would say that Larkin, Dylan Larkin is finally coming into his own. I love the offseason pickups that they made. 
Kubalik, who they got from Chicago, has been great, right? And the veteran, Perron from St. Louis, he's filled a real void and given that team some leadership. Wow, I mean, we got to talk about the goaltending. I mean, another Iserman move, getting Vili Husso from St. Louis. He has been excellent so far. I mean, he's 8-2 and two with a 2.36 GAA and a 9.22 saver percentage, and probably the best stat of all. He's got three shutouts already. Yeah, the reigning Calder Trophy winner, Moritz Sider, off to a bit of a slow start. Sophomore slump gets everyone. But Philip Hronik has really filled that void nicely. He's producing points and looking like that top-end defender that he showed flashes of being a couple years ago. So if he can become a good number two to Sider's number one, watch out for this team. Do you guys really think they can keep this up, though? I kind of do, to be honest. I mean, this is a team we've been waiting on for a while. Um, they seem to be doing what a lot of people thought Ottawa might do. So, yeah, I think they might. I don't know if they're going to stay in third. I could see them making the playoffs, though. Yeah, I see them as a bubble team as long as their defensemen stay healthy. That's probably their thinnest position. They can't really afford an injury there. But if they stay healthy on the blue line, why not? Yeah, it would be exciting to see. I mean, I could see them falling out, but I think the league is better if Detroit's in contention. Well, gentlemen, I think we've unwrapped enough Eastern surprises. Let's head west, and I've got an exciting team to talk about, the Vegas Golden Knights. This is a team that a lot of people had kind of written off and thought that their best days were behind them, but they've come out flying out of the gate, and I think one of the big factors is their stars are healthy and producing. Yes, that's a big one. Jack Eichel, who they invested so much into, has been dynamite, 11 goals, 15 assists to start the year, and Mark Stone is doing Mark Stone things, playing a good 200-foot game and producing offense, so... You got to like what you're seeing out of the Vegas Golden Knights so far. For sure. I mean, you got to look at uh, the back end as well. I mean, defensively, Alex Petrangelo, this guy is on pace for a career year. He's got 21 points in 21 games. It's unbelievable. He's never really shown this level of offense before, but wow. And then Shea Theodore also having a good year, 14 points thus far. Alec Martinez, he's been a little slow, but I really like his defensive game this year. His plus minus numbers are looking great. And I I like some of the grit they got back there. Uh, White Cloud has been laying some heavy hits as well. So uh, a lot to like on the back end too. To me, the biggest thing about this team going into the season was their goaltending, right? We talked about in our preseason show, Aiden Hill, Logan Thompson, was this going to be enough? Wow, Logan Thompson's making a good case for Rookie of the Year. 11-3, 2.30 GAA, 9.25 save percentage. Yeah, wow. It's been awesome. Yeah, they're not missing Robin Leonard at all. Well, let's move on over to the Central. I mean, this is the division with the defending Stanley Cup champions, but at the top of the pile is the Dallas Stars. I mean, great start for this team. What do we want to say about them? Fantastic beginning of the season for the Dallas Stars. That top line, Rupe Hints. Joe Pavelski and Jason Robertson have been electric. Yeah, I think the most lasting impression from last season with the Dallas Stars was the goaltending performance that Jake Ottinger gave them in nearly upsetting the Calgary Flames. One of the best playoff goaltending performances I've seen in a single round of hockey. And he's picked up where he left off last year in the playoffs. He's gone 8-2 and two with the 2-3-2 GAA and 9-24 save percentage. He's keeping them in every game. So that's a nice thing to have. And I was really worried when he got a little dinged up there. Yeah, he did miss a few games, but Scott Wedgwood came in and showed that maybe he can be a reliable backup. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned uh, preseason that this team was a team lacking some scoring depth. And uh, what could Sagan and Ben do? And they have come out of the gate, especially Jamie Benn. I mean, Jamie Benn is over a point per game so far. Sagan is not doing too badly either. 
And uh, Joe Pavelski picking up where he left off last year. So they have the depth scoring this year as well. Yeah, and I like some of their energy players as well. Ty DeLandry is a young player on their third line that gives them a lot of energy. And Mason uh, Marchman's been pretty good. Yeah, another good depth forward. So that helps as well. Uh, they, they play a pretty high energy game. They got to keep rolling those lines. So I like what I'm seeing out of Dallas. Well, guys, before we finish this segment off, we have to talk about the Seattle Kraken. Second year in the league, they've made a vast improvement. Lots of fans are excited. I'm really happy about Martin Jones. Now, Mark, you were <laughs> yeah. a little hard on this guy. Yeah, keep proving me wrong, Martin. Hey, man. I mean, Grubauer was not great in net for them last year. We know that, right? And um, Dreger was hurt. Martin Jones, 10-4 and four this year to start the season. Amazing. 2.49 GAA, 906 save percentage. Yeah. He's been solid. I don't see it lasting, but again, like, it's a nice story. It's good to see a veteran goalie who people had written off as dead. This guy included right here, showing that he can still play in the league and make a difference. How about that decor? Yeah, you know, no clear-cut number one, but uh, Adam Larson is an excellent defensive defenseman. Um, Vince Dunn providing some offense from the back end, and Justin Schultz was a nice pickup as well. They got him on a bargain contract, and he's been pitching in some offense. So yeah, no top pairing guys, but a lot of guys who can play on a second pairing in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a similar story with the forwards, I find. I mean, there's no like number one offensive scorer here, but I mean, they got 10 players who were in double digits in scoring, uh, led by Andre Burakovsky. It was a nice pickup for them. Um, Jordan Eberle, of course, is, you know, always pretty solid. And Manny Beneers has been a nice uh, young addition to this team. And yeah. he's only got bright, brighter days ahead well, of him. He will become a number one line player eventually, yeah. I think. Were you guys surprised that Shane Wright has been kind of in and out of the lineup? Well, you know, I think with the team playing this well, it's competitive. And I think the best player should play. And if he's not among them, then it's probably best for the team and for his development. He yeah. did get his first AHL goal the other day, though. That's right, because they held him out so long. Yeah, he's on a conditioning stint now. Yeah, Yeah, so he's able to play with men, so hopefully that's good for his development. Yeah, I think it's great for Seattle, you know? They've got some real excitement, finally. Yeah, Jeff, I think you're looking a little too excited over there. I think we should maybe take a little break. We'll come back, and we'll get into some special teams. You float like a feather In a beautiful Well, isn't that special? That was Creep from Radiohead from the album Pablo Honey, released in 1993. Okay, guys, let's get into those special teams and let's start with the power play. I think that, you know, a power play goal can really turn the tide of a game and get an offense going. And we're going to start at the top with the Colorado Avalanche coming in at 34.4% so far, which, if it holds up, would be an NHL record. Wow. Let's see if they can do it, but they sure do have a lot of talent up front with Nathan McKinnon and Rantanen. Yeah, and it doesn't hurt to have one of the best quarterbacks in the game, Kale McCarr. I mean, what a player he is. He set the record for fastest defenseman to 200 points. You know what's crazy, though, guys? They're doing this without Gabriel Landeskog, who is an amazing net front presence, and you throw him into that power play, and they're even more dangerous. So, holy man, I think they could actually pull it off. Well, who's number two there, Mark? 
Number two is a bit of a surprise. The Dallas Stars coming in at 30.4%. You're right, because they don't really have that traditional QB power play quarterback that you usually need, right? Yeah, Miro Heiskanen's an excellent defenseman. He doesn't have that bomb of a shot. He skates so well, though, and holds the line, and he's got good vision. He's a good passer, so not a bad option back there. I do love that they have Joe Pavelski in front of the net there, though. He's a great net front presence, can bang pucks in, get tips and rebounds and stuff like that. Yes, he's probably the best in the league at tipping, right? Yeah. Yeah, his hand-eye coordination is out of this world. Uh, Coming in at third, we've got the Boston Bruins, a shade behind at 30.3%. Slightly surprising, um, mostly with Lindholm back there, right? Yeah, I mean, missing their number one guy in McAvoy for most of the season. But Lindholm, again, you know, he didn't have a lot of chances to perform on the power play when he was in Anaheim. And uh, he stepped right up and was able to fill that role admirably. And every power play needs a trigger man. And David Pasternak has been excellent. Yeah, one of the best finishers in the game. And, you know, other guys have been shipping in. David Krejci's a nice option to put out there. Uh, Even DeBrusque? Yeah, Jake DeBrusque, who's been solid to start the season. And now Brad Marchand's back in the mix. So, no, this this is a good power play. I'm not sure if they're going to stay at 30%, but I think they can stay up there among the top teams. Any other surprises in the power play? Um, Well, I mean, no surprise with the Oilers coming in next at number four with McDavid and Dreisaitl, who both, by the way, are tied for first with seven power play Dreisaitl, goals Dreisaitl, another great trigger man. No doubt, yeah. Yeah, I mean... You know, McDavid has the puck, draws all the attention. It just, there's nothing you can do with those two guys out there. McDavid's shooting the puck more himself these days, so it gives him a double threat. Yeah, uh, I think for me, the biggest surprise is the eighth best power play. Believe it or not, the Arizona Coyotes are at (laughs) 25.4%. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, that's a little surprising. Yeah, they've got a pretty good young blue liner, though. JJ Moser, yeah, he's been pretty good. I don't know. He's struggling on the uh, power play. Well, uh, a lot of teams that don't surprise me, the Ducks have the worst power play at 12.5%. The Jackets, who took forever to score their first power play goal, they're coming in just a little bit better at 13%. But the third worst power play, I bet you guys can't guess this. This is one of the better teams in the league, I think, and a team that a lot of people think can make a cup run this year. Any guesses? I'll give you a hint. They're an Eastern Conference team. Uh, It's not Washington, is it? No, although the Capitals are a little bit underwhelming at 24th at just under, uh, they're at 19.5%. Yeah, not up to But Capitals no, no, much worse standard. than that. This team's at 13.5%. I'll give you one try, Jeff. Oof, I don't know. The Devils? No, the Devils are okay. They're at 20%, so they're you know, in the bottom third, but not, not too bad. No, it's the Carolina Hurricanes. Wow. 13.5% with all of that talent up front. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they shipped off D'Angelo, Tony D'Angelo, to Philadelphia. He was a pretty, pretty important piece of that power play last year. Maybe Burns, Brent Burns is trying to find his feet on that unit. It's a bit yeah, strange, though. I don't see that as a huge downgrade. I, I think that that number is not going to stay so low for them. There's just too much talent for it to not turn around. I mean, an interesting stat is that four out of the top eight power plays are under 500. So, I mean, special teams aren't always everything. Power play isn't always going to win you all the games. So, hey, guys, do you know which team has the best power play percentage ever? Ooh. Ooh, I'll give you a hint. They changed the rule. Remember, you guys had to serve the full two minutes? Right. Well, back in the 50s, they changed the team because of the Oh, well, it's the Montreal Canadiens yeah. then, yeah. Montreal Canadiens, it was 1977-1978. Uh, the all-time leading record is 31.9%. Right, so that's the one Colorado might break if they can keep this pace up. That would be interesting. Yeah. I mean, that uh, Montreal Canadiens team had Steve Schutt, Guy Lafleur, and Larry Robinson doing it up. Uh, second team all-time, 
New York Islanders, 31.4. I'm sure you guys can Mike name a Bossy's couple. Mike Bossy's got to be yeah, on that power right? play, right? For sure. And on D. Denny Potvin. There you go. And uh, Trottier. So, and of course, everyone thinks about the Oilers, but actually the 2019-2020 Oilers had 29.5, which is way higher than, well, not way higher, but beating all those teams from the 80s with uh, Gretzky oh, wow. and Messier and That's Curry. They're right in there. Uh, those teams, the Oilers in 82-83 had a 29.3% power play. Wow. So very interesting. Most career goals, guys. You, this is easy. He's still playing. The great eight. Yes, Alexander Ovechkin. Right, right now, he's got 290 that is unbelievable. goals. Wow. Number two, Dave Anderchuk. Yeah, net front, man. Net yes, front. Yes, big yeah. dude, right? Yeah. Couldn't skate very well, but he was so good in tight. Brett Hall's number three, and then uh, Timu Solani. Uh, most power play goals in the season, Pittsburgh Penguins. Right, not a whole lot of surprise. Total goals, Mario Lemieux and sure. downtown Rob Brown. Coffee was patrolling the blue line back then. Now Chris Kreider, he had twenty six last year. Who are the leaders this year? Well, uh, we've got a four way tie actually. So McDavid and Drysaitel, along with Zabenejad and John Tavares, all have seven. So actually, they're all on pace to beat that from last year. Although it's pretty close. Well, we should move on here. I think to the penalty kill, the other side of special teams. Quite remarkable who is in first for the best penalty kill in the league. I mean, it's pretty hard to guess. Um, This is a team that has not played very well. However, they have a 91.4% penalty kill, uh, and that is the San Jose Sharks. What? Yeah. The Sharks? Yes. Are you sure? And I mean, yeah. And they are like almost a full six points over number. I mean, if they weren't doing this, if they were sort of middling or towards the bottom of the league, like you'd think they would be, they would probably be last in the league. It is impressive, especially when you consider James Reimer has a 979 save percentage on the penalty kill. Yeah, what? Which doesn't make which any would sense. totally break records. Yeah. Um, I think that's due for a sort of a stat correction. There. For sure. That's absurd. What, what, is the, what is the best penalty kill ever? Well, the best penalty kill ever in a season would be the New Jersey Devils in 2011-2012. Uh, wow. 89.6%. That's a, a team that had Martin Broder. We often say your goalie is your best penalty killer. So uh be interesting to see if the Sharks could take a run at that. I don't think <laughs> right. so. There's no way. But uh, There's we'll no see. Way. The Dallas Stars, uh, you know, 99-2000, they were at 89.3 on the penalty kill oh, percentage. that's pretty good, so too. They had Ed Belfour in net, Darian Hatcher, and uh, Guy Carboneau as well. So we'll see if the, how the Sharks could do. Yeah, well, I mean, part of the reason for the Boston Bruins' success, we mentioned them on the power play, they're also number two on the penalty kill. So, I mean, if you're hammering at both ends uh, with your special teams, I mean, you, that's a recipe for success right there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you can get that, uh, both the, the penalty kill and your power play to add up to 110, that's elite. Uh, I don't think it's a huge surprise to see the New York Islanders kind of at the top here. They're number three. Great start for them. You know, they tend to play pretty tight with Pelic and Pulak back there. The, oh, the law Sorokin's firm. been out and of the And Sorokin, too, right? again, your best yeah. penalty killer. He's yeah. probably the best goaltender in the league right now, I would say. What about the train wrecks? I want to know about some of the teams that really stink at killing penalties. Well, I don't think there's a huge surprise with the last team. It's a team that has been underperforming all year. 65.7. What? Who? 65.7. It is the Vancouver Canucks. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And they need to stop giving up some of these goals if they want to move their way up in the standings here. Yeah. Thatcher Demko. Yeah. Yeah, Demko has had a rough go. Uh, Worst penalty kill ever. 1979-1980 LA Kings Ooh. who clocked in at a 68.2. Yeah, well, I mean, they're challenging that record as well, the, the Canucks. Um, Come no, on, Canucks, you can do it. Yeah, they can. <laughs> um, but, I mean, also Anaheim. 
Uh, no surprise here, seeing as they're last in the league. They are the second worst penalty kill in the league, 66.2 thus far in the year. Um, it's been a bad year for them all around. Jeez, that's the worst power play and the second worst penalty killing unit. Not a lot of special things happening over there in Anaheim. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, St. Louis, who had an awful start, they've turned it around of late, but uh, being third worst penalty kill cannot help at all. 68.2. Not so, not so hot. That's a surprise. I guess maybe Bennington, you know, he's not been on his game. So. He's That's been right. on and he off. He really struggled at times the first quarter. For sure. Um, Edmonton, this is an area where they really need to improve. They are the mm. fourth worst penalty kill in the league. I think if they could turn that stat around, they might be uh, closer to a playoff spot than they are right now. They don't really have any of those kind of shut down players, though. That's one thing they've kind of lacked. Yeah, well, Adam Larson would be a, <laughs> a yeah, great guy to have back there have now. Kept him around, hey? Yeah, for sure. What's the record, guys, for most shorthanded goals in a season? Ooh, can you give us a hint? Like who? Well, what Pittsburgh team? Penguins? It's Mario Lemieux. Yeah, oh, yeah. he was. How many did yeah, he get? Two of the best. Mario Lemieux, thirteen goals. Wow. Thirteen shorthanded goals. That's unbelievable. And number two, Wayne Gretzky. Wow. Okay. Yeah, 12, okay. 1983, 1984. Yeah, and that's interesting. Right when you're shorthanded, the Oilers should get McDavid killing penalties well, nonstop. They, they've maybe. actually been playing him a little bit towards the end to see if he can okay. sneak off a quick shorty. And Drysdale yeah. has been out there a little bit too, but uh, it doesn't seem to be working. So long though already. Uh, can you put them out there for that too? Yeah. Yeah, and then Gretzky and Messier all time uh, for their careers. Gretzky had 73 shorthanded goals. Crazy. His Goodness. career, Messier 63. Iserman had 50. But guess who had the most shorthanded goals in one game? Um, uh, he's a bit of a wild man one of the shortest many? players ever from the uh, Calgary Flames oh Flurry Theo Flurry Theo Flurry had a hat trick what short handed really yeah it's amazing right in the 1991 season amazing oh cool that's a pretty cool stat that's nuts to get a hat trick is already amazing but all of them short all of them shorties yeah one of my favorite stats guys is the Washington Capitals in 1999-2000 they killed off 53 consecutive penalties was that Ole the goalie I think so must Amazing, have been, right? Polzig, right? nice. Wow. Huh. Unbelievable. Well, boys, unless you want to finish this segment shorthanded, uh, you know, I might have to take a little trip to the loo. Well, then let's take a break. Yeah, I think we've covered this pretty thoroughly. All right. Let's play a tune. Turned. That was the last waltz from 1978. The shape I'm in. The band. Great tune. Great tune. And it's American Thanksgiving. I mean, that's a big deal. And we are here recording on American that's Thanksgiving. Right. These guys recorded it on Thanksgiving, so it's pretty cool to listen to that song. And the lead, the singer on that track, is from Stratford, Ontario. He's my boy, Richard right. Manuel. Right. So what is up next? I don't know, man. I have no idea. We Can don't you guys know. surprise me? What is the next segment? It is everybody's favorite segment. It is 
Mailbag. Ask the commish. Sorry, sorry. What was the question? I would totally veto that. What kind of league are we running here anyways? I'll have to consult the rule book on that one. Remember the trade guidelines. Can we get some friendly questions here? You guys have got to dress your players. Got to dress your players. This is everybody's favorite segment. This is Ask the Commish. We are here at the first quarter mark. Remember, you can get your questions in any time of the year. We will address them in the next show. You can send us an email at rodlangwayfanclub at gmail.com or send us a tweet at rodlangwayfanclub. Uh, we're on Facebook. You know, we're all over the place. All over the place. So what is up first? Looks like we've got a tweet here from Unpleasant Plaza. Pleasant name. Yes. Uh, he's asking about, uh, will we ever see an international hockey tournament again? They just postponed the World Cup of Hockey. Thanks for this question. I am so bummed. As we record this right now, the World Cup of Soccer is taking place in Qatar, which is crazy that's happening now. But hockey is missing out. We missed the last two Olympics and now no World Cup. This is an embarrassment. Come on, guys. Grow yeah, the game. Yeah, it is a joke. I mean, okay, this is the Rod Langway Fan Club podcast, seventh season. And uh, we've been dying to talk about some international hockey other than World Juniors and, of course, the World Championship that's going on at the same time as the Stanley Cup. Yes, and congratulations to Canada for winning it in yeah. the summertime because of COVID delay. Yeah, that was great. But we have not been able to talk about a best-on-best best tournament, you know, in the whole existence of this podcast. It's been such a shame. And, you know. Dare I say there is a Rod Langway fan club podcast hex or curse going on it's, it's our there fault could be is it yeah we well, are pretty you, influential in the hockey do you not want to see mcdavid <laughs> and crosby playing together yeah i mean obviously i'd like to see a lot of things i'd like to see mcdavid going head-to-head with matthews on the american side oh, the american just, team would be so good it would be amazing the american team i think would be maybe the best as a canadian it pains me to say that but they've got yeah. crazy talent on their side they sure do the russian goaltending they would have the the greatest goaltending trifecta ever well, i really do think they would it would be well, insane russian goaltending russians i mean that's one of the reasons they're citing right is that they don't want the russians involved because of right, what's going right, on yeah. obviously some geopolitical concerns with the you know the terrible invasion and it's 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 complicated but it, it sucks for hockey it does man if they do do a world cup i'm so curious to see which teams will round out the top 10 yeah it would be great it would be great to see um i'm not all that optimistic it is nice to have some world cup football soccer yes go canada. canada yeah go canada it's been a great world cup so far yeah, some big upsets. Uh, it's early going so uh, i'm excited to watch one of these days we'll have to talk about how we would improve soccer yeah, I think there's a lot of rule changes that would I feel make like it look there are a lot, lot more. Of Europeans that would love to hear us. We probably make it a whole sport. lot like hockey. <laughs> a lot like hockey, yeah, a lot more like hockey. So, Mark, what do we have next? Well, you're not going to believe this. You guys remember, like months ago, we went to the flea market and we got that old answer machine and we just hooked it up in my house and said this could be our Rod Langway answer machine. Is kind of a joke. Well, I, I handed out the number online a few places, and uh, the other day I was dusting the living room, and I accidentally triggered it, and there was actually a message on there. So, uh, yeah, the let's play it. The answering machine. Yeah, wow. yeah, the answering machine came through okay, for let's us. let's have a listen. Hey, guys, Zach Bronson calling from London, Ontario, Canada. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Just curious what your thoughts are on Bo Horvat. He's off to quite a start. I know it's his contract year, but do you think he can keep this pace up for the rest of the season? Cool. All right. Well, thanks for the question. A lot of players off to hot starts, and Bo Horvat is certainly one of them. This is ridiculous. Now, he's in a contract year, so he is looking to get paid 
And, well, he's well on his way to a big payday because he's got 16 goals, 22 points in his first 20 games. Yeah, a lot of things wrong with Vancouver to start the season. They cannot hold a two-goal lead. Bo Horvat is not one of them. John, who's another player who got off to a quick start this year? Well, I mean, we've got to look at Eric Carlson. He's been unbelievable. It's like Eric Carlson from the Ottawa Senators five years ago. So, I mean, he's got 30 points in 22 games, 11 goals. 11 goals already for, I mean, a defenseman that's amazing. For a season, that's great. I would not yeah. have guessed that he would even get into double-digit goals yeah. this year. It's unbelievable. I mean, was having Burns there a bit of a burden for him? You you, you got to wonder. Like, he is now top dog, undisputed, and he is off to a dynamite start. I think it's probably just his health. He's probably feeling better, moving a little bit more quickly out there. You know, having that extra half step of quickness, especially for a guy his size, it's got to be something more along those lines. Right. I love to see it. How about guys who are off to uh, maybe a slow start? Anybody stand out? Well, there's one for me, and everyone was very excited when this trade happened and thought, you know, big things are coming for the Calgary Flames. But Jonathan Huberto has only nine points so far in 16 games. And this is a guy who was comfortably over a point per game, 100-point scorer last yeah. year. So, I mean, if this pace continues, and it's not going to, he's going to turn it around, but he's on pace to finish the year with less than 50 points. Ouch, ouch. Yeah, Calgary's really feeling that too. They lost some scoring and they are not playing as well as uh, I think a lot of fans would hope they they would, they would be at this point. Yeah, they were my Stanley Cup pick yep. in our preseason show and uh, off to a sluggish start. Well, the Rangers were mine. I think all three of us so far, our picks are not looking great. So It's another curse. This yep. show is just cursing everything in the world. We we're a force for evil, gentlemen. Whoa, Mark, that is totally harsh, man. We are a force of good. We bring light. Yeah, yeah, don't take my words to heart. I was just, you know, I'm a man who enjoys hyperbole. Anyway, let's move it along. What do we have next, John? Well, we have an email here. This is an email from Andy Ducker. And he just asked, the Boston Bruins recently signed Mitchell Miller. What do you guys think about this controversial signing? It's a heady topic, you know, um... What do we think about this here, boys? Yeah, that was really crazy, right? Because the Arizona Coyotes drafted him and they basically renounced the rights to him. And then for Boston to go and sign him, not doing really their due diligence and having to walk it back after they put Patrice Bergeron in front of the media. Yeah. The whole thing was just bizarre to me. Yeah, fairly poorly planned, I would say, on Boston's part. I mean, this is a kid. He's he committed some pretty terrible acts as he was, you know, he's a very young man. Uh, there's some questions as to whether he's properly atoned for those. And I think most people would say, like, if he's going to play in the league, he needs to do a little bit more to show that he's really reformed and is ready to p play in a professional environment. And so weird, weird decision by Boston. Uh, bad look for the team in general. And it comes off of a, a crazy summer for Hockey Canada as well. Yeah, you know, I think that uh, just really the NHL can't be too pleased with the Boston Bruins organization right now. and. I'm sure there was a memo sent out league-wide like, okay, guys, like we need to be better. That's because right. Because I mean, people are watching. You're not going to be able to slip this stuff by anymore. And yeah. that's an improvement in society, thankfully, that these things are not okay anymore. Um, but yeah, the Bruins need to be better. And hopefully all the teams in the league will be better moving forward. Yeah, I suppose it is a good sign. I mean, Bettman did step in and, and sort of nullify the deal, so it was unable to happen. So, I mean, maybe it shows us a slight shift in hockey culture in general, perhaps. I mean, this is something we've been waiting for for a long time. So, you know, anyways. Uh, okay, we should probably wrap this up here. 
John, is there anything left in the mailbag? Well, I, I see mean, you flipping through this it. This is ridiculous. Bill. 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 Dude, why are you not paying our bills, man? What's mean, going on? This is the studio's bills, man. I mean, this is the studio. We are hurting for money. I mean, since we dropped the supplements, the supplements, I, I told you guys, I really wanted to roll with the supplements. And I, I, I you know, Mark, I know you weren't a big fan. Of no, it's hurting the show's image. I, I don't, we don't need drug pushers. Well, what? But we got to get the money doesn't grow on trees here, man. Like, where is the money coming from? Are we hurting that badly? The it's podcast bad. is and in the, Mar- the, um, the Mark microphone incident? Well, I didn't even want to be out there in the first place. So now we need a new travel mics for when we do our outdoor segments Blame it stuff. all on Mark. Well, I mean, it's been a tough time. I really don't know. Revenue streams. We how we're going to make ends meet. What about yes. a bake sale, John? Jeff's bacon is not bad, but I don't know. I, I think we need to think bigger, bigger picture here, man. We need more. We need sudden, dr- dramatic cash influx now, like right now. This is getting bad, man. Well, I don't can know. we do another letter, something more positive? No, we can't, man. I mean, these power bills don't pay themselves. I got to turn all this gear off. Time's up. Let's get out of here, man. I've had enough. Let's get out of here. Uh, well, you know, all good things must come to an yeah, end. Have you seen these bills? Man? There will be other shows. Okay, I, dear I listeners, think. dear listeners, thanks, guys, for yeah. tuning in. Yeah, we thanks. will see you at the mid-season point. Thanks for listening, and I hope you had yourselves this is a time. Well, I, I, I hope you had yourselves a time. Hope you had yourselves a time. Hope, hope you had time, time, time. Hope you had, hope you had.